worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He Stand up. Good morning, Harvest Church. This is the house of the Lord. Let's give a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We praise you this morning, Father. Let's take this energy in and worship God this morning. One more shout. Hallelujah. Chosen, and I know I've been redeemed by the 
perfect love of Jesus and the thoughts you have towards me. I'm worthy, I'm chosen, and I know I'm being redeemed by the perfect love of Jesus and the thoughts you have towards me.
Yes, I'm worthy. And I'm chosen. I've been redeemed. Sing out worthy. Yes, I'm worthy. Been chosen. Oh, you. 
exalt you, Jesus. We exalt you, Jesus. There's only one name, there's only one name, forever lifted high.
Yes, I worship the one who saved my soul. Yes, we worship the King. Oh, we worship the Lord. Yes, we worship the one who saved our soul. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. So that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else fit for a king. Except for a heart singing hallelujah,
thy faithfulness, O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon, O sin, and a peace that endureth. All today, everything, Lord. We worship you, most high God, our creator. We love you. 
we honor you in your presence, Father. It's joy, peace, times of refreshing. Oh, thank you, Lord. Our eyes are on you this morning. We need you, Lord, now more than ever. Worthy the Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, in an atmosphere like this, this is going to begin to build. It already started. But it's going to build week by week. So when you come to the house of the Lord, you come expecting. You keep expecting salvation, healing, deliverance, provision. For you'll find that in the Father's presence. For it's in Him we live. It's in Him we move. It's in in Him we have our being. We love you this morning. We love you. Some of you must come to the realization that the blood of Jesus Christ has dealt with your sin once and for all sins past sins present even future sins if you will confess them they're under the blood and it's time for you, his body, to rise up and wear the robe of righteousness day by day and know who you are, sons and daughters of the Most High God, vessels of honor sanctified and useful for the master and prepared for everything that's ahead. So hold your head high. Hold it high. Because you serve the risen one. The resurrected one. The one who's at the right hand of the Father and where you have been seated with him. Know who you are, a child of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. And so, know this in your heart. He loves you with an everlasting love. Nothing can separate you from the Father's love. 
He's ordained for you and your family victory. And He's made you more than a conqueror through the blood of His Son. So it's time to put the devil on the run. Forget those things that are behind and press on towards those things that are ahead. Don't be moved by what's going on right now in the world. Don't be distracted. For He is a God that loves His people, loves His church, and delivers His people day by day. We're so grateful, Father, that you translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of your love in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We're so grateful, Father, today. Lord, I want to be a new wineskin. I want the people here to be new wineskins. Ready for that new wine. So we consecrate and dedicate our lives this morning to you. Have your way, Father. Not our will, but your will be done. We worship you. We love you. Teach us, Holy Spirit, today. We thank you. Now, I want to pray over some people. I want Jackson. Yeah, you. And I want Scott Wanzer. I want Mary Jane. Where's Mary Jane? Now, when I when I worship, many times I am impressed certain people, and that's what I'm I'm doing today. Now I know you're here, Mary Jane's niece's son Nixon's three years old, cancer in the kidneys, and it's spreading to his all over his body. So that child needs a miracle. But you know what? We serve a God of miracles. Amen. John, I didn't call you up here. You're not sick or anything, but I want to. I just had you on my heart, and I had you on my heart. Amen. Smile. You're on camera. No, you're not. This. We're going to pray for Jackson, and he's had some stomach issues, and it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. See, Jesus loves you, Jackson. He loves you so much. And so, he's got a gift for you that's called healing. Amen. We loose that anointing today. We bind any virus. In the name of Jesus, healing flow into the stomach. Infirmity bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness and mercy for Jackson. 
supernatural recovery. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, buddy. Father, we as she stands for Nixon, that three-year-old, we curse cancer. We curse it at its roots in Nixon's body. Father, you're a miracle-working God. And you sent your word to heal Nixon and to deliver him. Lord, I bind fear in Jesus' name. I bind death and I lose life, health, miracles in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. I just want to pray for you. I saw your face. Everything that he has need of, spirit, soul, and life. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Everyone say, God is great. That's better than good. He's great. We serve a great God, a mighty God. You may be seated. And I, I say this sincerely. The anointing affects me differently. Many times, when if you were here Wednesday night, you saw something different. <laughs> I was very loud and authoritative. Today, it's just the Spirit of God, the compassion, the mercy of God, the love of God. And this is the scripture I got, and then Kathy's going to come and exhort you. And this is from Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. This, of course, is right in the beginning of, you know, the outpouring of the Spirit. And it says, And with many other words he testified and he exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation than those who gladly received his word. Now, I like that. That's called an attitude. How do you receive the word of God? Gladly. gladly. We're baptized. Say baptized. baptized. Now, we... We had a baptismal, and, and and we did remodeling. But I'm just going to tell you right now, because this is what I got, and this is the authoritative part of me. We need to get the baptismal ready. Amen. So if you're called upon to help, please, we've, we've got to do it. Amen. You know, we had it, and then we remodeled, and, you know, we're, we just have to get it done. And it says, And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, which we've been teaching on doctrine, and fellowship, that koinonia fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. We're coming into a season of signs and wonders. We're coming into a season of signs and wonders. This is what I wanted you to see in verse 44. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Do you get that? All who came to Harvest Church had all things in common. No one better than anyone else. Not an elitist attitude, but a servant's heart. 
And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So that last statement, and the Lord added to the church daily all those who were being saved. Well, if you see previously what came before that, you'll see how church, you'll have church growth. It'll be done right. It'll not be by shaking the tambourine and being weird, getting in the flesh. It'll be by the Spirit. And I want the real deal. And you'll see, I told now, I'm going to say this. So <laughs> just, Bobby, don't get weird on me. Sit down. In the days, no. You don't have to do that yet. We're standing here, and I heard you shout. And I looked at her, and I said, God sent him to teach his people how to shout. Not that we didn't know how. That doesn't mean you're going to get shout happy, because if you get shout happy, you'll hear from me, because we want it in, the, well, you know, you're led by the Spirit. Oh, okay, well, there'll be days of that, too. That's all right. If you weren't here to hear his testimony on Palm Sunday, you'd know why he was shouting. The man should be dead. But it's the grace of God. So I'm telling you, I've told you, and I've told you, and I've told you week after week, and some of you are finally waking up. When God moves, especially big time, he always sends leadership. Through the 40s, through the 70s, you had men and you had people, men and women like Catherine Kuhlman. You had Oral Roberts. You had Lester Summerall. You had Billy Graham, and they were leading the pack, so to say, so to speak. The last 20, 30 years, the leadership in the body of Christ has been pretty quiet, especially strong, anointed leadership. But it's starting to emerge again. We can see it, and we believe that one of the leaders on the forefront is Mario Murillo. If you watch Flashpoint, um, you see him on there. But Mario has defied the religious liberty restrictions of California and has been going into the hard places and doing revivals. He's doing one in Modesto this month, and we need to remember to keep praying for them. But we decided several months ago... Um, that we would start as a church sowing into his ministry because he's doing a good work. And he's an evangelist, and we are sowing for revival. So we've been sowing on a regular basis. So realize every time you sow to Harvest Church, some of that's going to reach souls in Modesto. So this week, we got a handwritten letter from... Mario Morello, I thought that was cool. He says, to Harvest Church and World Outreach Center, 
The reason I take the time to write to you is to thank you because I could not do this work without you. Your gift wins addicts, the homeless, and youth and gangs. You share in every miracle. I am praying for you, Mario Morello. So I thought that was cool. And when we've got leaders like him that are emerging, and I mean, he's been around. I can remember in the 70s hearing about Mario, but God's doing a new thing, and he's bringing some of these people to the forefront. When they speak, we need to listen. Mario is an evangelist, but he also does a blog almost every day. And so if you go to Mario Morello Ministries, you can like it and get on get it on Facebook or you can get it on your emails. I do it both. But this week, man, he has hit a home run every day. And so I'm going to read you this one because, like I said, we need to listen to what God is saying through our leaders. The, the title of this got my attention because I've always said we were born for such a day as this. Amen. The title was Wanted. Misfits, rebels, and true warriors. And I thought, I've found my calling in life after 60 years. Because I've always kind of on the the rebel side. Um, But I believe this body has found their calling after these years. Warriors. Wanted. Misfits, rebels, and true warriors. I'm looking for those who aren't waiting for permission to save a nation from destruction. Today I write about violence. Today I write to the violent. There is no point in talking to those who are afraid of their shadow or of those who can't wait to return to the same old harmless lukewarm religion as before when America reopens. This blog is not for those who practice cuddly Christianity. Matthew eleven twelve, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. The left says, be a good little Christian, we got this. They warn pastors, just because the pandemic is winding down, that doesn't mean we won't stop telling you when you can meet and when you can preach, and they say, just get used to less privacy, less rights, and less money. They use the curse phrase, new normal. Thank God we live in Nebraska because we haven't seen it like a lot of these places. But we don't want it here. So are you going to bend or are you going to stand? You answer stand, then read on. I am on the hunt for misfits. I am looking for those rare hearts who defy the lie. Those who confess with conviction that every dream, every vision, every strategy that God gave us is unchanged by the virus. What are you doing during the shutdown, warrior? My guess is instead of downgrading your dream, you downloaded defiance. You didn't relax, you reloaded. You aren't whimpering and whining, you are forging and shining. You aren't mooing with the cattle, you are yearning for battle. Remember, even before all this happened, you withdrew from the so-called recreational hall Christianity so that you could go after God. Never forget how sick and empty you felt during those church performances of flesh, flash, and foolishness. Second Timothy forces, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Then there was... That day you read the words, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I will do, you will do also. And greater works than these will you do because I go to my father. 
The hunger to see signs and wonders body slammed you. You wanted the real. You wanted the true miracles of Jesus and not those sad commercialized parlor trick tricks that were so popular before the shutdown. In fact, the virus didn't shake our faith in miracles. It intensified our passion to see more and more power and more fire and more miracles. Pacing like a lion in my prayer room, I announced to the powers of hell that I won't back down. I know what the devil is doing. He's fanning hatred towards the gospel. He is using the virus as a pretext for persecution. So what does that mean? It means something to the warrior that it can't mean to the make-believer. It means we won't back down. We won't stop. We won't dilute our message or lower our voice. Second Corinthians 4.2 says, But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. It almost also means the soldier of revival is facing a two-headed monster. One head is the leftist state officials. Man of God, they want to shut you up. Woman of God, they want to dash your hopes and dreams. The other head is the Laodicean church in America. The tepid, compromised, confused, and cowardly hordes that refuse to buck the system. Even if the system is after our freedoms and values, they won't help, they won't stand. You are grasping at straws when you try to get them to take a stand. No, my friend, you must be prepared for a gallant fight. And on your side are only you and God. That's the only thing I disagree with. It's not just you. It's us. Us and God. But that is always a majority. Are you going to back down now? Are you going to allow God-hating devils to decide the size of your future? Did the devil close doors to you? God will rip them open again with his own hands, the virus and the fearful policies that are growing out of it and cannot kill the promises of God. I say yes and amen. amen. That's us. That's where we're going. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. What else could I say? What else could I do? What else could I say? How else could I show you? Lord, I love you. I love you. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. Father, today we do love you. Lord Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, our teacher, lead us this day, teach us this day. 
Father, may my speech be with grace, seasoned with salt. Then when I open it, words be given to me that I fearlessly and boldly make known the mystery of the gospel as I should. Watch over your word this morning to perform it in the lives of the people here. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you have services, I'm a very structured, when I work on sermons, it's it's a craft. I, I sit down and I write it out and I sit down and I write it again and I don't read sermons, but I just, it's more, uh, I don't know how to describe it. But when God moves like this, it's so important to be led by the Spirit. Because there's things that the Spirit of God wants you to get. Especially in this hour. And and uh, I encourage you to draw near to Him every day spend time with him every day make your fellowship with the father priority every day now I gave you a word on on Easter and Abe said that wasn't a traditional Easter service no it wasn't because I'm not traditional and I gave you a word and I I, I just want to give it to you again today because I, I, I want you to make make sure that you just don't let it go over your head And I'll just take a couple seconds, and I want to remind you of this word, and the word is endure. And I told you last week that there's going to be some enduring in the days ahead. And in the Greek, endure means this, to hold one's ground in conflict. We've had conflict... But there's still going to be some more conflict. If you're listening, now I listen to, to, to Pastor Hank. It's just wonderful, you know, to have relationship. All these years, I always knew there was a call on, him, on the two of them on their lives. And now look at them. And we're in covenant with them. I pray for them every day and you need to pray for them. But the prophets are speaking, and, you know, there's some things coming. You hear the word shaking, and I'm not a prophet, and, but I, I, I just know in my heart there's some things going to occur. And, you know, all I know is, bottom line, God's got our back. He's in front of us, he's in back of us, he's on both sides of us, so we don't need to get in fear. And I heard something the other day, and I... It was a woman, and I can't remember her name, and she said, and it really struck a chord with me, and I hope it strikes a chord with you. If you're in fear, you'll not hear. Remember that, Kathy? If you're in fear, you will not hear. And we've all, I've dealt with fear, and, and, and you've dealt, I'm sure, into some, in some respect, fear, and so we've got to realize God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound disciplined mind. It's important we keep our mind renewed to the word. So we're going to have to hold our ground. It means to bear up against adversity, to hold out under stress, stand firm, persevere under pressure, wait calmly and courageously. And that's where, the, where we're at right now is the church. Waiting, not nervous, fretful, anxious. In fear, 
But we, we, we are to wait calmly and courageously. Now, I'm your typical, I don't know how you are, but as a man, I like movies that, uh, I like men. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. I like tough men. I'm not, I like men that aren't afraid of the shadow. I'm not talking about Barney Five kind of guy. I'm talking about Mel Gibson kind of guy. No, those are polar opposites. And the church needs to rise up in this hour and be men and women of God. And not be afraid. But to wait calmly and courageously, it is not passive resignation to fate and mere patience, but the active, energetic resistance to defeat. You and I need to resist defeat. Resist the devil and he will flee. Active and energetic resistance to defeat that allows calm and brave endurance. So I'm just telling you that we've got to endure in the days ahead. Draw near to him and he will draw near to us. So if there's a temptation to be afraid, draw near to him. You hear something that gets you a little concerned, draw near to him. Abide under the shadow of the almighty God. Now, I'm just going to do a little review and and uh, we'll talk. I don't know how far I'll get in this. I realize we've we've gone farther than we usually do. And but in the days ahead, our services will be longer as the spirit of God moves. If there's an anointing, you know, we bask in the presence of God. If not, we just unhook and pick up next time. Amen. The purpose of of the last, you know, few months is to show you and, and help you realize the importance of sound teaching. Sound doctrine. Everyone say sound doctrine. Healthy doctrine. Who were you telling me you whispered to me today? Who was the leader? Was it Wesley? Who that? And uh, John Wesley founder of the Methodists, which I was raised, we were raised Methodists, but always made sure his ministers taught doctrine at least once a year. Why do you teach the people sound doctrine? So they don't get squirrely, surely. You have to, and it's, it's, it's got to be in this book. It can't be, just be a passive fad or you know, that's where I, I really believe in some respects the word of faith, which I'm a part of, been a part of, got off into a ditch because it got it off into prosperity. God wants you to prosper, no doubt. But he's going to bless you so you can be a blessing to others. That's why God blessed Abraham. So he could be a blessing to others. And that's the hour in which we're coming into church God's going to use us to be blessings to other people. It's not about just me, myself, and I, my family, us four, no more. It's about how can we reach other people, minister blessings to other people. That's why, you know, the early church, they got it. But we're getting it. We're the same church, same dispensation, but we're getting it. It's not about you. It's about your other brother and sister. And their need. Amen. So. We've been through this. And I'm going to review this. And then we'll stop. And then I'll pick up next week. 
But I, I want you to understand how important sound doctrine is. We defined it. We said what constitutes sound doctrine, false doctrine. What should the believer's attitude be towards false doctrine or false teachers? And then what does Harvest Church believe? Ultimately, that's where we're going now. We're going to start telling you, teaching you, exhorting you what, what this church is all about. What do we believe? You can look at our tenets of faith and we'll go through that. But today I just want to go through here and, and give you, it's basically a review. Bible doctrine is God-breathed and is profitable. Say, Bible doctrine is profitable. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Profitable means, profitable means this. It refers to something that is mandatory, essential, or an absolute requirement. God's word is not an option in our lives. It is mandatory. And that is so good. God, this Bible, is, it's not an option for you and I. It is mandatory. We're all good at feeding our bodies every day. We need to feed our spirit. We need to renew our mind to the word of God. We said doctrine is defined as those things we affirm and believe to be true. Remember the Apostles' Creed, we read it, was the rule of faith and used as a truth filter. A truth filter. We said doctrine is the foundation of what we believe. It imparts what we think. It, it affects our worldview. See, if you have proper doctrine, sound doctrine, sound teaching, you're not going to get squirrely like a lot of the church is right now. I'm not talking about the world being squirrely. I'm talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ gets off in a ditch because there's no sound doctrine. Sound doctrine, it guides us in life. It determines our convictions, our standards, and affects all of our actions and activities in life. This is what I thought was so good. In short, we are product, a product of our doctrine. You and I are products of our doctrine. You are what you believe. So if you're believing all that other stuff out there, all the voices, there's many voices, the Bible says right now, out there in the world, then you don't have strong, sound doctrine. See, I don't, I don't listen to the news. Quit a long time ago. I, I, I want to keep informed. And I, I'm not you know, saying we can't keep informed. But I'm very I'm careful what I listen to. We said the acid test of a true doctrine is whether or not it is scriptural, whether it makes men. This is good. Love God supremely and others as themselves and whether it glorifies God and produces peace among man. The acid test of a true doctrine is whether or not it is scriptural whether it makes people love God supremely and others as themselves, and whether it glorifies God and produces peace among men. Now, as revival breaks out, it's not going to happen. It is, it's already broke out. 
I already firmly believe the spirit of revival is here. But it's going to build. And that's why I said a few weeks ago, I said, do you trust me? Because I, I'm, I, and Kathy said, what'd you say to me? We were talking about revival. People getting off in a ditch. She made a statement to me, or did you forget? It kept you in balance. So revival, you know, I'll be honest, Bobby's right. There's times people are going to run around the room. You can shout, you know, and they used to say we, we Pentecostals swing from the chandeliers, but I don't know how that could be possible. I had a guy that taught me, uh, was my mentor for antiques. He was a grizzled old World War II officer, purple heart. And he'd call me and say, were you rolling on the floor today? I said, no. Uh-uh. People have these misconceptions. But as revival comes and things begin to happen, you might hear some things you've never heard before. You might see some things you've never seen before. But You've got to trust us. We've been here a long time. We're not very charismatic, but we're grounded. There's some character there. We're not going to let you get off into a ditch. Because everything we do here at Harvest Church has to glorify Jesus. It's not about you and your ministry. Yes, God can put gifts and ministries in you, but it's about Glorifying Jesus and building up the body. That's what it's all about. So revival comes, things are going to happen. You're going to have to trust us. And we want it to glorify God and we want it to produce peace among man. We said sound doctrine and the love of the truth is vital for the believer to stay on course spiritually. We want to stay on course I want to stay on course as a church. We're called to this community. We're not the only church. The, the, the rest of the church, we're all one body. But we all have separate mandates and a vision and plans and purposes that God's put in us. And one of them here, I'll tell you without a doubt, is prayer. It's praying in tongues. Praying aggressively and loudly and with authority. You say, oh, uh, you know, that makes people nervous. What was it Dr. Hagen used to say when I went to school? He, somebody went up to him and was all about, you know, you don't, you don't have to be so loud because God's not deaf. And he, then, then Hagen said, well, he's not nervous either. We don't. We, what's that? Yeah, well, especially with the devil. You've got to let him know who you are. Sound doctrine and a love of the truth is vital for the believer to stay on course spiritually. I'm almost done. A lack of discipline in applying God's truth to your life. Now, this is an important statement. A lack of discipline in applying God's truth to your life will only open the door to deception. So if you and I don't get into the Word on a consistent basis, if we don't pray, now, I'll interject this. I, I, I just love the fact we've got people here that, that have joined the church and they happen to be my neighbors. 
So they have tremendous favor with me anyway. They're good neighbors. Good kids. But I say this sincerely. I, I know you were sent here. And you're a part of this church. And some things, maybe you don't understand everything. You know, what I'm, I'm leading all this up to this is we're going to be start starting to teach here after after the new birth about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And and it's no different than salvation. How did you receive Jesus? By faith. How do you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues by faith? And we'll tell you some interesting stories. I'll tell you how I got filled and and she'll tell you how she got filled and. It's interesting, but that's important. That's you got to have it in the days ahead. Amen. So don't get nervous. Just rely. Yeah, I don't. You don't get nervous. Amen. Now, what constitutes false doctrine? Satanic deception. We said you and I must learn to test the spirit. First John four. Number two, perversion of the gospel. Where they, they corrupt the gospel and, and try to get you back under the law and being legalistic and, and, and the heck with grace, whatever. We don't want the grace. We've got the law. There's a balance. We said the character, characteristics of false teachers, they'll deceive many. They'll speak perverse things to build a following. And so, in other words, people, their ministers will tell you what you want to hear. To gain a following, bottom line, they'll tell you what you want to hear to get your money. We're not like that. So if you think you're going to influence me by financial gifts, forget it. Ain't going to work. You don't know what you get. You know, some of you have been here a while, no, but I'm telling you, it's just, we, we, we need sound doctrine, we need strong leadership, we need people that, that are teachable. What constitutes false doctrine, satanic deception, perversion of the gospel, characteristics of false teachers, deceive many, speak perverse things to build a following, they're wolves in sheep's clothing, there's a distortion of God's grace, that's what you see now throughout the body. Oh, it's God's grace, you can do anything. Corrupt minds that resist the truth, they're proud and they promote strife. There's nothing worse than pride. What constitutes true doctrine? It's foundational. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now listen to this statement. Especially if you're a young believer. Your life begins on a foundation of the new birth. Your life begins... On a foundation of the new birth. So that is first and foremost the most important thing. There's six foundational doctrines. Repentance from dead works. This is Hebrews 6. Repentance from dead works. Faith toward God. Doctrine of baptisms. Laying on of hands. The resurrection of the dead. And eternal judgment. Judgment. You know there's, there's a lot of baptisms in the Bible. There's quite a few. The doctrines of Jesus Christ. Number one, Jesus is the Savior of mankind. Number two, Jesus is the great physician. Number three, Jesus baptizes his followers with the Holy Spirit and endues them with power 
for service. Say power for service. So the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, yes, it's a wonderful thing. And I, I use my prayer language daily to build myself up on my most holy faith. But the baptism, there's the, the, the well of water, which is salvation. Then there's the rivers of water. And that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because the well of water is for you and the rivers of water touches other people. There's, there's an important thing just right there to get filled with the Holy Ghost because you're going to affect lives. We said the Christian's attitude towards sound doctrine. They should obey it. Say obey it. Receive it. Hold fast and adorn it. Now I'm going to stop there because I want to go into, I was planning on going into uh, talking about um, the new birth, and we'll start that next week, and just laying a foundation about the new birth. Amen. Let's stand to our feet today. I want to, wasn't worship wonderful today? I just, that is so important to worship. There might be Sundays where we just worship, so you better have some songs ready, extra songs. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Satan pushes. The Holy Spirit leads. So if you feel pushed to do something. Amen. And and when 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 God moves, you know, the only thing that that I've always in the past that's that gives me the Clint Eastwood twitch. Is when people get loud. And now if it's by the Spirit. It's, there's peace. The attention should be drawn to Jesus and not to the individual. Did you hear me? Amen. Oh my, it's just hard to, hard to unhook. Would you put that up? Yes, thank you. <laughs> I want to confess this today because this is a year of what? Declarations. I declare open doors, creative miracles, new opportunities opening up. I declare an invitation to encounter fresh intimacy with God. I declare I'm coming up higher spiritually and receiving a fresh perspective from heaven. I declare an increase of vision and breakthrough season of victory. I declare my eyes are open to see the harvest of souls that are coming into the kingdom of God. I declare I'm not looking back, but I'm looking forward towards those things that are ahead. I declare I'm a new wineskin for God to pour out His Spirit upon in Jesus' name. Now, I don't want to be insensitive. Is there anyone here that's sick in your body that needs prayer for your body? Yes. Okay. Was it that way when you came this morning? Yeah. You're, 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 there's a sensitivity. It comes from mom and dad. Ultimately, it comes from Jesus. You're very sensitive. And services like this will stir things up in you. It might not be a physical thing. 
God might be doing a work on the inside of you, telling you, trying to communicate some things to you. So I w- I'm going to pray for you. Smile. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I lose your peace. Strength, healing, health. Direction, revelation, understanding come. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just remember, God's called you to lead not to follow and you're you're a leader amen 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 well i love you love somebody on the way out then yes wednesday night at seven's prayer god bless you thank you